as young men, how do we define masculinity? So toxic or undeveloped masculinity can manifest itself in harmful behaviors such as manipulation, coercion, unwarranted aggression, dominance, lust for power, control over others, and oppression. This immature expression of masculinity is often found in people with an imbalance between the two and is rooted in self-centered motives and exists for personal gain. Mm. I've always compared my masculinity though to other men mm. and I've never compared myself to the women in my life because I almost felt ashamed of that feminine side. The shame for a lot of people that comes with excessive use of alcohol or excessive use of drugs and the shame after the fact that they feel the next day is they the residue. have to sit and think about you know, the night that was. It makes me worry that if that's the only time of them being vulnerable, that then they associate vulnerability with a sense of shame. We have permission to be able to express the feminine, sure. whether it's tears of joy or tears of pain, whether it's um, openness and vulnerability, or whether it's leading with our heart. Generally expressing emotions. We can generally express these emotions but acknowledge that this is a feminine expression mm. as a man. At 23, I was in and out of court for assault charges and now I'm 30 and I've just finished my second singing lesson. I'm learning Bruno Mars songs on a Thursday afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> so when I, was, I love it. When man. I sat down to define masculinity, I was like, I'm fucking confused as hell, boy. <laughs> like, I'm as confused as the next person. G'day, g'day. Welcome back to another episode of A Lot To Talk About. It is your boy, the captain of the ship, the man in charge, Bradley J. Driver. Of course, you can call me Brad. Very excited to be back for another, now the second instalment of Three Mates. What is Three Mates? Well, hopefully you caught the episode a couple of weeks ago now where we wrote and read our own eulogies. Um, very emotional episode. A great opportunity to chat amongst, you know, the three of us here who are great mates and, and just want to open up the floor to vulnerability. We want to, you know, encourage the spirit of that amongst other groups of friends and people, I guess, within our world, within sort of this 20s, early 30s, that stage of life where, unfortunately, we face a lot of our problems in solitude and feel as though we can't open up. So that's what this pod is about. It's about encouraging that. And it's a real blessing to be here with you boys again. I'll, I'll introduce you to my left, um, Brother Fune. Hi, Greg. Pleasure to be here. And to my right, Joey Zoolander. Joe Always Palmer. a pleasure. Always a pleasure. So, um, thanks, boys. Joey, you kind of brought today's topic to the surface. I'll let you explain it and intro it a bit. Okay. Well, first and foremost, I want to um, just acknowledge how unreal last week's reception was after our, our, you know, our debut episode of Three Mates. Um, the feedback we've got, um, but not even that, just the, like, the feeling that we left after the conversation and how... Um, you know, inspired and I, I think it brought us closer, but the feedback we've got from other people, I think has been unreal. Personally, even this morning, I just read a message about, um, from a friend of mine who just thanked us for um, being open and honest and, you know, he was vulnerable in his message to me. Um, so it, yeah, it's, it's just great. I just said it was so necessary that we have these chats and that if it um, normalizes other people to be able to have those chats and not just other people, but, you know, other young men, then, um, yeah, we're not sitting here trying to be the authority on any topic we talk about, but, um, yeah, normalising having honest conversations with good intentions, um, I think is exactly what we're trying to do. So 
um, yeah, stoked to be here again and, and have another chat. But I think today's chat, I'm a little bit nervous about, to be honest. Um, and, and so, you know, I was tasked with the um, responsibility of bringing a topic forward for us today. And, you know, I kind of racked my brain a little bit and thought, you know, what, what can we talk about? What can we talk about? And the one topic that just kept coming up for me, and I really couldn't think of anything else that I wanted to chat about right now, was um, masculinity and what masculinity is to us. Um, as young men, how do we define masculinity? And yeah, bring that topic to um, the group. And the reason I, I guess I said I'm nervous is because it is quite, it does feel like quite a sensitive and almost controversial topic to talk about nowadays, which, um, you know, with the, the notoriety or infamous, like how, like, infamous characters such as Andrew Tate are now um, and then you have it the, almost feels like taboo yeah it feels almost a little bit taboo you know you've got the Andrew Tates on this side screaming loud um, you've got the the opposite extreme feminist voice screaming loud and it almost makes it like walking on eggshells to speak about um, masculinity and you know the buzzwords that get thrown around nowadays I hear so often you know toxic masculinity um, misogynist narcissist so let me preface this conversation with um, this is our, like each of us, we haven't spoken about what our definitions are yet, um, but this is what our honest understanding of what masculinity means to us. Um, and we want to have the conversation with good intentions. I'm not trying to um, trigger anyone. I'm not trying to, um, yeah, I, I'm not trying to speak out of pocket this is what my understanding is. And hopefully through this conversation, we can all get to a place where we um, yeah, better understand what this, this kind of um, scary word of masculinity is. For sure. For us. Exciting. Yeah. How did you feel about it, students? Because I know when Joey brought the topic to the surface, there was like, it's like my stomach dropped because, not because I was fearful of, maybe there was a little bit, bit of fear to come on and talk about something so controversial. But I think at the same time, because for me, I've had two incredible parents who have, you know, my dad has so many, what I define as masculine features. My mom has all of these beautiful feminine features. And I feel like my whole life, that was kind of just my definition of the two. Mm. And I never really thought about how I define them and how I see the balance within myself. And I guess for me it was like a challenge to, to go into an area of my life and really dive deep on something I would not thought too much about yet. And so as I sort of sat down, that, that was challenging. But I'm interested to see what you've thought first. Yeah, I was assuming the way it was like excited. Well, when I sat down it was challenging because I haven't put a lot of thought to this and I feel this is a topic that I'm undereducated in. Like it's not mm -hmm. something that I've put a lot of thought towards. Mm -hmm. But then actually, when I sat down to think about it, I was like, I don't actually know much about this topic at all. Like, mm -hmm. if I had to give a TED talk on masculinity, I think it'd just be crickets. <laughs> like, <laughs> if you went back a week and I had to do it. But I've sat down a little bit more, talked to a few people, and, like, I'm definitely not an expert at all, but I feel as I've got my head around it a little bit more, but it's something, like, moving forward that I want to put a little bit more time towards. Yeah. Well, I love something that you said, Foons, when we sat down at coffee after our run this week, and you introduced the topic, Joey. I love, Foons, how you said... I feel as though in society right now, 
too many people are trying to put masculine against feminine or feminine against masculine. Mm. It kind of feels like almost like feels like almost a competition somewhat. Whereas like I feel as though we're way better off collaborating than trying to have like some sort of competition. Yeah, and I love that. For me, that that spoke so true of I guess the way that I've seen it without thinking too much about it. Is it just for me always felt collaborative because my parents done such a great job together. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess to give the audience, the people who are listening, watching, a little bit of an idea of our structure moving forward with these conversations is one thing we all really enjoyed last week about writing and reading our own eulogies was that piece of homework. Homework, baby. Yeah, like just, just having something that you had to put your own spin, your own view, your own flavour into. And I guess every week when we have these conversations, there'll be a piece of homework which today will be to you know, share your definition of masculinity, which you've had to form yourself through your own research, your own conversations and your own beliefs. And you know, to bring that piece of homework to the pod gives you three different flavors and three different views, which I think is very healthy for the structure of conversation and, and for you all to think differently or maybe think alike about. And I guess we'll have that as a common theme every week and then free flow from there as the topic sort of evolves and and spreads out over the course of the year. Yeah, well, it helps us deep dive, you know? For sure. Forces us to take that time. Um, but what I loved was your suggestion to bring not just our own definitions of masculinity, masculinity to the table, but to ask key women in our life what their definitions were. And so when you said that, I was like, that's genius. Because the, the definition of masculinity... I've always said it. <laughs> he's always said it. Um, the definition of masculinity can't just be defined by men. Mm. Because as we'll, we'll dive into... Um, my belief is the separation between man and masculine and woman and feminine, um, you know, they don't associate man equals masculine plus feminine. Woman equals masculine plus feminine. They're they're, um, mutually exclusive of one another Mm. where every human being can sit on a spectrum of masculine and feminine, you know, like the yin and yang, but not to, to dive into my definition just yet, but for us to gather the definitions, I grabbed my mum's definition. Um, Brad, I believe you grabbed your sister's definition. Yeah. And Foodie, yeah. you spoke to your relative um, and got her definition. So to bring three different women's definition of masculinity paired with three different young men's definitions of masculinity, I think it's going to be so interesting to see what comes up. I haven't read my mum's definition yet, so I'm going to do it oh, live wow. on air. Yeah. That's, that's cool. I'm really excited well, to see what, what hers is. For me, what I found the most challenging in this whole piece was what you said and alluded to just there of almost putting masculine under the male banner and feminine under the female banner. And I found myself like looking at an incredible masculine role model in my dad and going, okay, my dad has all of these masculine traits, you know, these masculine buzzwords of like strength and courage and fearless and a protector and a provider. And I was like, but hold on, my dad is still so empathetic and caring and kind and loving. Mm. And I'm like, ah, oh, but hold on, my dad is a man who has masculine and feminine yeah, he can be. He can be those things. For sure. Know? So for me, it took some time to really sit and understand that and think about what that meant and the yeah. construct of the two together. And I think maybe I'll kick it off because I threw Foons under the bus last week um, with the first eulogy. I'll kick it off to get us underway. Okay, good nuts. And I'll say that when I, when I sat down and really dived into this, I got 
and I'll actually put it in the show notes, um, the reference of the article that I read that really gave me some, some clarity. And I started to see masculine and feminine more as energy as opposed to traits. And so here's what I'd define masculinity as. The action-oriented energy that lends to a protective and courageous nature. Steadfast and resilient in the face of adversity, determined to provide and lead. Short, sharp, simple. Short, sharp, simple. Can you read that again? So, the action-oriented energy that lends to a protective and courageous nature. Steadfast and resilient in the face of adversity, determined to provide and lead. If I put that into Google, that'd be the first thing on Wikipedia? No, it wouldn't. It wouldn't. But for me, those two words, or that hyphenated word, action-oriented, was something that really stood out to me. And as I thought more about... And if you don't mind, I might even read what I then defined as feminine, because I think this gave a really nice... um, Contrast. Really nice contrast. Yeah, it's so hard to try to define one without including the other, or having your definition of masculine sound like it's challenging or demonising the feminine. So I'd love to hear, yeah, let me know what feminine is. The key words for me were action-oriented, and when I defined feminine... It was an emotionally inspired energy that thrives in vulnerability and love. Driven by a conscious calling to be kind, supportive and empathetic, the feminine thrives in partnership with others due to its uplifting nature. And for me, the two things that stood out when I researched it, that the feminine energy was more heart-driven and the masculine energy was more more Mm action-oriented. And that made a lot of sense to me because... As I looked then closely at those two really profound role models in my parents, I seen those two traits. Mm. And whilst my mum has incredibly, um, dr- like my mum is incredibly driven and action oriented, and that's that like disciplined provider supportive side. Yeah, of she's her a too. hustler. Your mum's a go-getter. Yeah, she is. And like I was like, oh, that's that masculine of my mum, and you know my dad. You know, he really speaks to that kind of energy. Like, he's determined to provide, to lead, to support. He's so courageous and so fearless. Mm. And I was like, oh, there's so much masculine in my dad. But then that feminine energy that drives from the heart. Like, even just sitting here the other day, for those of you who don't know, I've lived with my dad for many years. And just recently, he's moved to Queensland. It's just so and I in this apartment now. And, you know, as I come out to tell my dad that Spotify Australia had reached out and, you know, wanted to have a conversation about the growth of the podcast and had recognised that this was growing, like, my dad starts welling up a little bit. He's like, you know, I've been saying it, like, I I knew that you were going to, like, this was going to happen for you. And I'm like, oh, that's that, that's that feminine energy in my dad that, you know, so thankfully they've always had good role models around them that yeah. they have such a beautiful balance. Yeah, but I can't take strength to show that side of you to be vulnerable. For, sh- mm. for sure. And that's where there's, you know, that strength in the masculine, but then that feminine energy that wants to be vulnerable. It's, all, it's within all of us. Mm-hmm. And we've experienced that here on the pod just in the last week, mm-hmm. that desire to be vulnerable, that desire to be emotionally driven yeah, I think and supportive. Lucky somewhat in this modern day society, it's almost like to be like that's not so probably not encouraged but it's not shamed whereas like mm. if you went back to like the 1950s if your dad was to show those traits then it would probably would have been shamed back then for yeah. sure and that and i think that's where this conversation i hope leads is it gives permission 
to to as a young man as a, a mature man in your dad we have permission to be able to express the feminine sure. whether it's tears of joy or tears of pain whether it's um openness and vulnerability or whether it's leading with our heart generally expressing emotions we can generally express these emotions but acknowledge that this is a feminine expression mm. as a man and that's yeah. totally fine that's okay and i think that's like you were saying funi the um the i guess the social norm 10 five years ago let alone in the 50s was as soon as a feminine expression wanted to you know emote it felt like it was coming up as a man you had to suppress it or if it did come up and you were more feminine inclined you know on the um spectrum of energies you had feminine tendencies then you weren't a man. No, I think that would have been which that is would have been so incorrect. A weakness, almost. Yeah, a yeah. weakness. Like a guy showing yeah. his emotions was weak. And I exactly think right. For me, there's so many. Which just isn't true. Like, for sure, there's, yeah. and there's so many things where it feels like even this conversation of energy for so long has dictated what people think of someone's sexuality. Mm. Even like there's almost like there's an expectation that your sexual preference would be this based on the balance of your masculine and feminine. And maybe that does stack up for some people, but I think it wouldn't for everyone. No, of course like not. For me personally, I think, as we sort of spoke about on Wednesday, I think I'm a 60-40 split. Like 60% of me is that masculine energy and that 40%, like, I'm, I, I love being vulnerable. Mm. Like, for me, it's, a, it's something that I pride myself on is the ability to be vulnerable with my people and even with a greater audience like we do here. The, you know, the, the loving nature in me, like, I, I love little loving, you know, um, kindness, sort of like expressions of my kindness, expressions of my love is a big part of the way that I care for my people around me. And I guess just going back, there's a story I want to bring up about my mum. And I don't know whether many people know this, and I hope she's comfortable sharing. I'll check with her after um, before we put this out. Mm-hmm. But I remember talking to my mum recently. We just had a little mother son dinner one night at her place. She loves to have me over and just cook me a dinner. And we were sitting down having a cup of tea after on the lounge just chatting. And she was telling me about a time in her life where financially she wasn't as you know, stable as she is now. And for her, as someone whose purpose, as she describes, was to be a mum and to provide, <coughs> excuse me, and to love for her kids. She was telling me about this singlet that she walked past one day at Lorna Jane because she used to walk in town, work in town. She'd go for a walk on a lunch break and she used to see this singlet. And she wanted to buy it, but it was like 30 bucks. And she's like, no, that 30 bucks is better off going towards the kids for their school or, you know, something we do on the weekend. Mm -hmm. But she put it on lay-by and saved just little bits every week to make sure that she could eventually get it for herself. And she ended up, over the course of like a month or so, buying herself this singlet. And like now she's still got it to this day and she doesn't wear it anymore. She doesn't love the singlet all that much, but she loves the meaning of it for her. Mm. And in that story, I see so much of the masculine and feminine in my mom. That feminine where it's, you know, so selfless, wanting to put her, her kids first. But that masculine, that drive, that determination to, to provide first, to lead, to be, you know, a leader for her kids. Mm-hmm. And to just grind out and then eventually get there. It was so action-oriented as well. And I, and I just see so much of both qualities and energies in my parents. And I'm just so incredibly lucky to have had two beautiful people to give me 
a really balanced idea of what that looks like. Mm. And I guess to finish my ramble, I'll read my, my sister, we call her Sissy. Sissy sent me her definition of masculinity, which for me um, feels very, as I read it, felt very significant of, I guess, her being a, a child of my father's. Yeah, okay. you know, what, what she's seen in my dad is the way that she's defined this. And it was masculinity to me is the desire to protect one's loved ones and to be fearless. And it was just that protection, I guess. Protection and courage. It's mm. quite primitive from hunter and gatherer days. For sure, mm. for sure. And I think, you know, I see so much of that in her partner too. Mm. A really strong, capable guy who yeah. leads to that masculine, fearless, courageous, real protective personality. Yeah. Well, you know, an observation in both of your definitions, both yours and your sister's, it doesn't make any reference to gender, you know? 100%. So the openness for for someone to be a, a protector, a provider, to be action-oriented, doesn't, uh, isn't determined by your gender. And I think that's something that gets confused a lot. For sure. Because if we're saying, you know, um, the protector and the provider is exhibiting masculine traits, as a woman, you can do that. And I've seen that because the household that I grew up in was a single mum with two sisters. But on top of that, my mum's one of 11. She's got 11 siblings. Mm. Um, sorry, ten, ten siblings. Two of those are men. So I've got two uncles. Ultimately, I was brought up by women. You know, fatherless household. Mum's one of eleven. I've got two uncles, and they lived far away. So, in order for us to survive, my mum had to be masculine. She had to be action oriented. She had to be a provider. She had to be, um, you know, all of these, quote unquote, masculine traits. But that doesn't mean that she d can't access her feminine because the way that she, she poured love into us as kids, the nurture, the compassion, um, the vulnerability that she showed us was okay um, through our upbringing. She, I, don't, I look back on it and I just think she was a master to be able to access both because she was a um, you know, full-time single mom, full-time worker, studying full-time. I'm like, how? So she's, she was an accountant. She was in the, um, like the corporate world. So I'd see her. She'd have her corporate attire on, you know, like a, a suit, basically, like a female suit, head off to work, charge, go get her. Then she'd come back and she'd read us our bedtime stories or hunter, help us with our homework. Hunter and a gatherer. Hunter and a gatherer. And, and she would so effortlessly flow between the two. A girl can do it all. Literally. And I look back on it now and I see um, the, the stage that she's in in her life now I've got a younger brother he just turned five and to see her so willingly drop into her feminine she's so um, we're so lucky that she's a stay at home mum now and doesn't need to be um, the sole provider for the family and she's so willingly fallen back into her feminine to be this mother for our beautiful younger brother and the stage that she's at in her life is that she's, she's willingly expressing that and it's so beautiful to see but it was also so awesome to see this kick-ass mom that was out there like killing it against the men, so like strong in her masculine um, and unashamedly strong in her masculine. I think that's a good point too, that what you are right now, what your balance is, isn't always going to be your balance. Fluid for sure. Like there, there is so much fluidity to it where 
there are going to be moments and stages of your life that require more one than the other. Mm. And I think that's something really important for people to remember as they look at the way life shifts and changes around them. Like I, I definitely recognise that as you know, we become potentially all become fathers one day as we become you know, partners and you know, our relationships evolve and circumstances change where challenges arise, you need to be fluid and being able to be fluid and understand that there is worth in that, there is value in that, is probably a challenge for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Well, it's almost like an identity change as well. You know, if, sure. you, if you identify with um, either your masculine or your feminine energy and you associate it with your gender, you know, I'm a man, so I'm being masculine, you'd almost have to break up with yourself like we spoke about last week, Fooney. You'd almost have to break up with yourself to accept a feminine expression, you know? As a dad, something might change, or, you know, as a young man, and he's masculine, then you might have a kid. Mm. And now you're being pulled into your feminine, you know, to, to nurture and love and be empathetic to, to your now children. That's an identity change. You're like, oh, crap, now I'm crying over the, you know? I'm watching Bluey with my kids and, <laughs> and, and like, near, nearly tearing up at the beautiful message that yeah. this kid show has given me. It's like, you either accept it, go, wow, I, I can express this femininity, or you go, not wipe those tears away, suck it up, yeah. go to your mum and, you know, you, you, like, you, you reject or avoid it. And I know 100% the three men in this room, what we prefer to do and what we want to lean towards, it's like accepting that. Except sure. the femininity. I love it. I love it. Would you like to roll into definition, Joey? I'd love to. Make sure I've got battery on this phone. So, yep, we're good. Yeah, battery's charged. Alrighty. So, I, um, like I alluded to before, um, my family dynamic was single mum, two sisters. So, I was the only boy in our household. Um, and with kind of, I guess lack of a father figure in my life, the search for that, well, not so much a father figure, but the the questioning around like, what man do I want to be? And what does masculine mean to me? I didn't really have, as you said, Brad, something to draw on immediately where I was just like, oh, well, clearly my dad's this or, or I've got this person in my life, which is just the picture of masculinity. So I've been questioning what masculinity means and what type of man I want to be and and who are the men that I look up to for quite some time now. And it's something that I've looked into a little bit, um, yeah, for the last few years, just trying to evolve what my definition of masculinity is. But this was a really good exercise because it's the first time I guess I've had to, um, you know, write it down. And I'm pretty, I'm pretty happy with where we got, but you know, it's, it's ever expanding and this is probably subject to change as well, but this is where I'm at. So masculinity, to me, is a fundamental human expression found in men and women, characterised by traits such as assertiveness, direction, decisiveness, independence and competitiveness. It is anchored in rationality, being purpose-driven, vision and mission-based, and promotes clarity of direction. Masculinity exists on a spectrum of human expression, and on the opposite end of that spectrum is femininity. And while it it exists on opposite ends, it does not oppose femininity, but instead exists in union and collaboration with the feminine, which is another fundamental human expression that is anchored in love, empathy, intuition, openness, passion, and compassion. 
This concept is referred to as polarity. Masculinity innovates, creates, engineers, and plants the seeds. It is in service of the feminine. Femininity cultivates, nurtures, controls, and comforts these innovations, creations, and seeds, and it comforts them to maturity and is in service of the masculine. One cannot exist healthily without the other, and their interdependence should be acknowledged as necessary in mature, well-rounded, and expansive human beings. So toxic or undeveloped masculinity can manifest itself in harmful behaviours such as manipulation, coercion, unwarranted aggression, dominance, lust for power, control over others, and oppression. This immature expression of masculinity is often found in people with an imbalance between the two and is rooted in self-centred motives and exists for personal gain. So that's my definition. Bro, I love that. I oh, we do. <laughs> read like yeah. a poem. Yeah, that was beautifully written. <laughs> yeah, well, now, I really love what you said there about toxic or undeveloped masculinity because mm. I think that undeveloped word is is really significant because I think this idea of toxic masculinity, which is super present in a lot of characters in society, mm-hmm. is almost undeveloped is a better word mm. because it's not a true understanding of the power of lending into both masculine and feminine energies. Yep, and that's how I see it too. And that's why I wanted to make the point. Toxic, harmful, those words, when associated with masculinity, almost, um, you know, corrupt it. So it makes masculinity feel like it's something that um, is destroying. Whereas the developed and healthy masculine to me is an energy of creation, of innovation, of engineering, empowering. empowering. And so when it's undeveloped, it's in its infant stages, it's immature, it manifests itself harmful ways and toxically, you know? I think when um, you read that out, that it's opened my mind to it. I like the concept of having like, it's just a continuous scale of masculine and feminine. You can kind of be mm-hmm. anywhere on that scale. And, and it's not one thing or another. Like they're, what'd you say? In collaboration. Interdependent. Yeah. yeah. And that's a point I wanted to make as well. But um, yeah, on the point of toxic masculinity, you know, it it is rooted oftenly um, in, you know, personal gain, ego-based motives. Um, whereas the mature developed masculine is in service of the feminine and others. Yeah, I think you like know? toxic masculinity wants to build itself up and put everyone else down. Yeah. Whereas like a strong man wants everyone to rise with him. And you see that, you know, you see the toxic masculinity in society of people, you know, trying to control others, put other people down. And that has been an expression for some time. The oppression um, that is, you know, at the hands yeah, of I men that, just shows that are the, immature the in their masculine. Very insecure man. Yeah, sure. I agree. That's how yeah. I see it too. Um, so yeah, so that's the point I wanted to make, which was... Man, you put a lot of thought into this one. I tell well. you, man, like <laughs> when the topic came up, like what am I going to talk about? This is, this is something that's so present and relevant to me because I'm always trying to, you know, understand what masculinity means more. And I think because of my circumstance with it, like not, not having my father in the home, I've been able to lean towards my femini- femininity a lot more comfortably because I've seen it. You know, I've seen my sisters, yeah, like in your how they express, I see. normal for you to express your fem- feminine side. Yeah, I mean, that, that was the norm for me. So I almost have been searching out, where are my masculine expressions? And then I start to 
take stock of, you know, in my life, where am I most comfortable in my feminine? Where am I most comfortable in my masculine? And growing up, I played competitive sport. So playing sport at a high level was a big masculine expression for me. You know, it was competitive. It was, um, it was aggressive um, in a healthy way, of course. It was, um, it was intense. It was logical. It was action-oriented. Um, it was mission-based. You know, we're playing a team sport. We've got this mission. How are we best going to get there? And so I realized that, you know, I had these strong masculine expressions. I just didn't really identify them as strong masculine expressions. But then I can sit there in meditation or I can do yoga or I can have conversations like this and I can very easily identify that this is a, a really healthy feminine expression within me as a man. You know, now I do jujitsu um, and that's something that I've fallen in love with. And just recently I've had this thought where I, whilst I do jujitsu, I, I give permission to myself to be masculine here. You know, it's okay and, and it's okay for me to be masculine doing a combat sport. And it's okay to be masculine. It's almost quite natural in a it's, sense. It's natural, but you, you know, as we spoke about before we started the chat, um, you know, it's, it's almost taboo to be masculine. It's like don't, Anything don't that, cage the animals, let it out in a free and healthy way. In a free and healthy way is the, is the, the point that needs to be made because you can't just let it run wild. Mm. And it becomes toxic and uncontrolled. I've struggled with in my early twenties. Definitely something that I struggled with was trying to control that. If you mm. want to call it, it felt like a monster that lived inside of me. And the point that I made in in my definition as well is how I see it is that toxic, undeveloped masculinity comes about often through an imbalance or out of touchness with the feminine. You know, the hyper masculinity that doesn't have the outlet to express its femininity becomes this like toxic. Um, Hypervigilant, out Hyper, of control. Yeah, <laughs> out of control. It needs to be controlled and calmed and nurtured by the feminine, whether it's other feminine people in your life or whether it's within yourself. And you know, for me, expressing my feminine is almost like a calming energy that it's able to, to sort of like control that exactly. masculine urges. Exactly. You look at three hundred. You know, like Leonidas. He's he's a Spartan. He's out there murdering and and killing, and he's in war. But when he comes home and he lays his head on his wife's chest. And she holds him and he, he you know, takes um, comfort in her calmness, in her feminine compassion. It allows him to express his masculine. But without that, he's just a wild dog that's like running rabid. Sure. And that's how I see the balance between masculine and feminine. They need to be inter inter interdependent um, and healthily they exist on the same spectrum, but almost on different ends. You know, you need one. You can't have one without the other. You both mentioned last week that you felt like in the late teens, really early 20 phase of your life, it was almost an ego-driven version of yourselves, right? And I wonder, for you particularly, in particular, Joey, you just spoke there about like not having the, your father figure inside the house, mm -hmm. not having your father inside the house. Do you think because you didn't have that because at the time, correct me if I'm wrong, it sounds like maybe you didn't fully understand until now the masculine traits that your mum was able to show as well as her feminine traits. Do you think that because you didn't have the male figure in the house, which is so often, as we said at the start of this pod, identified as just the masculine, mm -hmm. in that early misunderstanding so many of us have in our teens and early 20s, do you think that it made you then overcompensate in those years? Almost like push towards extreme masculinity, reject your feminine a little bit because mm -hmm. you felt like you had to be that kind of guy. One hundred percent. You know, without with that lack of understanding of masculine and feminine, 
much like a lot of teenage boys, we're searching, you know, we're just searching, trying to figure out where we sit within our social groups and trying to navigate the world, you know, fueled on hormones and going through puberty. So for me, yeah, you know, without that, um, without the, the guidance or the, um, you know, the boundaries set, I was searching and it meant that I overcompensated at times. Well, maybe I want to be this blokey bloke that like doesn't care. I tried that and it didn't feel good mm. and it felt shit. So then I would swing another direction. Right, well, maybe I'd be like quite um, like overcompensate in the other direction. You know, I'll be really soft and, and um, really empathetic and, and, you know, try to lean so much. I didn't feel right either. And searching for where this balance within me felt natural is, has been an ongoing process. Um, and that's why conversations like this help me define like what masculinity means for me and what my split is right now. Um, and I feel so, so much more comfortable in my masculinity, so much more secure because I can um, identify healthy masculine in men and women in my life. But without that in the home, unable to identify you know, the healthy expressions of my mum's masculine, I was out there searching it for, for myself um, and just trying and testing and experimenting as a young man in so many different ways. Like, all right, well, what does it mean to be a young bloke here? Well, my dad's not around, so I'll just figure it out for myself. Yeah. And it did lead to me being, you know, like a little player and a fuckboy. And then, you know, that undeveloped toxic masculinity existed in me because it was immature. It was infant in its stages. Um, and that meant that it was manipulative. It was coercive. It was um, fake. It was all of these like toxic... Ego-driven. Um, Ego-driven. It's all about me, 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 me. Um, and that's the, the process. That's been the journey. I think that's a journey for a lot of young men. And without hearing a conversation like this, that journey is just going to be prolonged. Or without having conversations with healthy masculine men or women in their lives, you're just going to continue searching for a long time. And unfortunately, you see in society, there's a lot of men that I think are still searching. They think they've got it down pat, but they're just um, expressing in, I think, harmful, toxic, ego-driven, masculine ways. Um, and yeah, I think that's what um, we're looking to do with, within these conversations is like um, show that this is healthy to be masculine and feminine in these ways. For sure. Bit of a ramble, but... Do you relate yeah. to that, Sims? Um, yeah, definitely. I was, um, well, in contrast to Joey's upbringing, I think I was almost the complete opposite in the sense I grew up with a dad who was very masculine, almost tending towards toxic masculine. Grew up with a mum that didn't show much emotion at all and then had a brother in the house as well. So basically the, the prominent energy of my household was masculinity and probably even tipping towards toxic masculinity. So growing up as a kid, for me, I never felt comfortable expressing emotion in my own household. So like naturally, Brad mentioned before, he's probably like a six and four split between masculine and feminine. And I think I'm probably a similar split, like six and four, seven and three or something like that. But growing up in my household, I didn't feel that... I've, I didn't feel comfortable expressing that feminine side just because it was like a foreign energy in my house. Mm. So when I was 18, I was pretty much skewed all the way to my, my masculine energy. I was like 10 and zero feminine. And when I was in that mindset or that energy, I was somewhat out of control, like toxic masculine, ego-driven, um, player, fuckboy, couldn't control myself on the streets, trying to fight people for no reason, like a, a version of myself that... Um, it's not even a true representation of who I am. Mm. Yeah. I think I was just caught up in 
way too much masculine energy and almost, I think at that point, I was also scared to express feminine energy because it was so foreign to me. Mm. Yeah. And then since obviously gone through a whirlwind in my early 20s now that I realise like the, me expressing my feminine energy is almost like healing to me. Yeah, dude. For sure. Like the, the three different dynamics between us is so good. So I was in the, the, you know, the feminine dominant household. You're in the masculine dominant household. And Brad, you were in like the middle style household with masculine and feminine. So I love that. All of our perspectives are so different, but... For sure. Yeah, I liked, I love that you said the feminine feels calming to you. Yeah, well, um, so it's almost like nurturing and, and well. healing now that I've recognised that it's in me. It's okay to express emotions. Like, it's okay to be the true version of me. Whereas I didn't feel the environment that I grew up in, I didn't feel like I could be the true version of myself. Mm. And it's not just okay. Like, it's necessary. We have to. Because if we don't, shit gets crazy. <laughs> like, the masculine yeah. turns us into, you know, wild yeah, I animals. I think, like, un- unfiltered, the masculine can easily tilt towards toxic or like we think of like all wars and everything like mm. that that's somewhat mm. toxic masculinity turned up to 100 mm. it's it's so interesting because this makes me think about something we spoke about on wednesday and i want to quickly say for everyone listening watching we will get your mum's definition in just a minute mm-hmm. but i feel this feels really <coughs> relevant to say right now as we sat on wednesday over coffee and spoke about this concept for the episode I mentioned to both of the boys that as a, as a man who probably at times in my life felt as though maybe I was lent towards, like I maybe felt sometimes ashamed for my feminine, right. like ashamed that I was quite emotional compared to most guys, that ashamed that, you know, when it come to like my family, I'd get really emotional if I missed it and that like, I almost felt like a bit of a bit of a little kid still like I didn't want to be away from my fam like I really love being around my family and you know nurturing them then nurturing me mm. I thrived off those relationships and it it felt so feminine that sometimes I felt like I wasn't masculine enough and I mentioned to the boys that as a male I've never compared myself or never gone oh I'm not feminine enough because I see the feminine in that person there mm. I've always compared my masculinity though to other men mm. And I've never compared myself to the women in my life because I almost felt ashamed of that feminine side where as a man, I think this would be so, I can't, don't want to speak for everyone, but I know it would be so common for so many guys our age. We always compare ourselves to other men based off our masculinity. And something you said there, I didn't feel man enough. Like what's man enough? Like is man, is man enough 90% masculine? Oh, well, you're nine out of ten men. It's like, no. Like, what's man enough? Because as a man, you might have a natural preference towards or interest or, you know, energetic um, balance towards femininity or in the middle. But someone else might have an energetic balance towards more masculine. But in so comparison true. of other men, like you're saying, we overcompensate. What's man enough? Well, he's more manly than me. So now I need to pick my, man, my manness up. And what does that look like? be more masculine yeah, i think it takes strength <laughs> like, to be the, what no that doesn't make sense i think it takes like, strength to be the authentic version of you and that's going to be different for everyone exactly, else exactly yeah. i sure. agree 100 percent. for sure it's all, and everyone's individual right and i guess you've ever been skewed one way on the i suppose the spectrum like it feels when i was very toxic masculine trying to welcome feminine energy into myself like it's daunting like it doesn't feel natural mm. it feels almost like not to 
call feminine energy weakness, but like it kind of felt like I was letting weakness or vulnerability into my life. Mm. It's because of then, the way that you viewed it. Before, yeah, but then right? the more I did it, the more I realized it's got a lot of healing energy to it. Mm. And I think that's kind of what I'm learning as we're talking now. Even just before the episode today, I spoke about identifying as that 60 40. But listening to your definition, Joey, where you spoke about that sliding scale, mm. for me, that feels like more of a goal to work towards, to be so aware of what's needed in the moment. Yeah, it's not like a one-size hat fits all. It's just sure. like, play it like golf, play the course you're on. For sure, mm. and just understand what's needed more within your life, within the moment that you're in, and, and be able to slide on that scale. Yeah. Be able I'm, to understand that, like, all right, if I'm out running an ultra or a mara, like dial up that masculinity and, and yeah. rip in and be so action oriented. Yep. But you know, when I'm in, in my home and I know that my partner needs some love or I know that my family needs some love and some nurturing, to be able to slide into that feminine more and be the nurturing human being that they need. Mm-hmm. I couldn't agree more. And until you've um, you know, given yourself permission to experience both masculine and feminine, then you won't be able to access and touch them when you need to. I think that's the, the, the goal, right? You're like, what do I need to be for this situation right now or this person right now? Well, you know, my partner's, you know, pouring out her heart and she's emotional about something that happened. It's not my time to be masculine and goal-oriented and, and you know, independent. No, it's my time to be feminine and nurturing and comforting and, and empathetic. So let me identify that and let me touch my, my feminine right now. Like you said, if I'm competing in jiu-jitsu, it's probably time for me to dial up the masculine because we're both trying to strangle each other right now. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Hey, let's, let's I'm, not trying, yeah, I'm not trying to stop and have a conversation <laughs> and like, about our emotions right now. It's, yeah. it's time for me to, like, to be action-oriented. Tell me how you feel before I check you out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'd love to you hear know? your mum's definition. Yeah, as would I. Let's, let's see what she... Um, I just want to say quickly, like, if you are a guy that is probably expressing themselves too masculine to, compared to where you think you are naturally... Like, it's going to feel unnatural bringing those emotions into your life. Mm. Like, it's not going to feel, like, vulnerable. Like, it doesn't feel the first time you feel vulnerable. Like, it feels like a weakness. Mm. But it will get better. Yeah, I like that. That's like a little um, disclaimer that, dude, it's safe to do it. It might not feel natural <laughs> to, to lean towards your feminine. But um, what have you got to lose? Do it for yourself, especially if, you, um, if you're struggling to navigate the space a bit. Lean into it, man. Well, and I think lean you into just it. said something there, Joey. It's- it's safe to do it, um, but with the right people. And I think as, as men, as women, as family members, as friends, as whatever context we're in when we're talking about the people in our lives, I think it's so important to hold space for the people mm-hmm. in your life, whether it be your close friends or your family, your partner, to be able to have, like, we spoke about it last week, the blessing that the three of us have to be able to not only do this behind a mic, but this is something we've been doing time now Mm. just over coffee over a run and that is such a blessing so i think if you feel as though you're listening to this or watching this app and you're trying to think of who you can go to in your life to express that i know one thing's for sure like you can reach out to us Mm, off the back of these conversations and and just open the door to starting to feel safe within that expression because you know that's what we hope these episodes do you just chat to a therapist you know literally go to the doctor get a mental health care plan you get 10 free sessions go talk to a therapist and just 100%. have a chat about how your energy how you feel and yeah. that's even safer too that's a that's such a great point Spins. it didn't even come to mind for me then that that's that's a third party who isn't involved in your life mm-hmm. who you know 
has that oath to, to keep things. Yeah, like I remember like the first time place. I went to therapy, like I was shit, and I was more nervous for that than getting in like a street fight. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not because you were afraid your therapist was going to bash you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just like because you were afraid yeah. of expressing emotions was so foreign to me, like it felt unnatural. Yeah, yeah. that's wild. All right, let's see what Mumsy wrote in her definition. Um, masculinity. I would traditionally have associated masculinity with men and maleness. Characteristics of strength and protecting and providing and based on historical expectations of men. However, as times change and societal norms change and the male slash female roles are less defined and more interchangeable, masculinity is no longer inherently a male characteristic. Identify a pool of basic human traits and characteristics of which both masculine and feminine are subsets and there is unapologetically a crossover between the two. So we all can identify with both masculine and feminine traits within ourselves. From my own point of view, my mother's point of view, what others identify as my masculine, I refer to as my strong feminine. I know they are referring to such characteristic traits as taking control, assertiveness, logic and reason. My strong feminine, as opposed to my more intuitive, nurturing and caring feminine. So call it your masculine or your feminine I call it allowing your basic human nature to adapt to those traits that allow you to be the best version of yourself at that time. We all need to tap into both at some time. Damn. Come oh, on, Mumsy. That's, that's poetry. Yeah, that was like, Mumsy's on there. That was perfectly between you and your mum. That's that was like, so wild. That, like, there was yeah. so much crossover between what you said. We've never had that conversation. I've never I asked her. I really like the, the tip of the hat to like traditional masculinity and how it's like evolving with society. Mm. For sure. And you know what I love? <laughs> that's crazy. Love that's crazy. We the, use the same words as well. Like, the, the funny thing too is there'll be is such that the first a, time you read that? First time I've read that. That was cool. The cool thing Grammatically, is, like, I was almost like... Your mum put some thought into that. That's yeah, no, she, she's, yeah, she a, she's right an absolute right. weapon. Yeah, that's coming from a single mother as well that grew up with, I don't know how much involvement or how much exposure she had to masculine energy growing up, but mm. that read very well. Yeah. You know what I love? No, she's a weapon. I love your mum. I love that the, the, the title for today's episode will be something along the lines of three mates define masculinity, right? Mm. But I love so much that your mum said there, like, almost like she said, like, Call it what you will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just the the ability to adapt your energy. Mm. And I think that's, for me, that's becoming the key message of this episode. That it, it doesn't have to be always defined or it doesn't have to always sit under an umbrella or us be able to put a label on it. It's just being the best version of yourself, as you said before, Finns, encouraging and, and really celebrating your most authentic self. Mm -hmm. and adapting those roles and those energies to what needs to be present in your life right now. Yep. I agree. Yeah. I so love interesting, that. hey? I love that. Right, yeah. Well, I'll jump into mine. All right. Well, I'll give you a little bit of background. So at 23, I was in and out of court for assault charges, and now I'm 30, and I've just finished my second singing lesson. I'm learning Bruno Mars songs on a Thursday afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> so when I, was, I love it. When dude. I sat down to define masculinity, I was like, I'm fucking confused as hell, boy. <laughs> like, I'm as confused as the next person. So I sat down, and I tried to, like, raw dog this, so, like, no Google, nothing. Like, I want to sit down and see what come out of me. Yep. So I sat down, shut my eyes, and I was like, what's like masculine? And I was like, thought of like a warrior. And then I was like, men can be warriors, but then girls can be warriors too. Like, think about uh, a newborn, like a, a newly mother. If she goes down to a park with a two year old and a man approaches the baby, 
that girl's going to be a princess warrior like that. She's, you know she's not playing yeah. around. She's gone you know straight it. to that. So then I sat there and like, I literally couldn't come up with a definition by myself. So I had to Google it. So then I just did a bit of research to find something that kind of resonated with me. And then this is where I got to. So the role of the divine masculine is to act with purpose, lead with wisdom, attentive to the needs of others. So I'd call that empathy. Able to control emotions, so um, emotional intelligence, and be protective of female energy. So to wrap that up with a Spider-Man quote, great power comes with great responsibility. And I believe men have more responsibility to control their emotions than females, because when men don't control their emotions, I believe toxic masculinity is probably more has more diverse effects than toxic toxic femininity. Mm. Mm. That's that's well said. Oh, I agree with that. Really yeah, well, historically we've seen so much like the damage of toxic masculinity. So um, it's almost like I don't know. I've never really even heard the, the term toxic femininity. It's it seems um, almost like foreign. So that might have <laughs> might have been another can episode. You be too loving? Yeah, you know what I mean. Can you be too caring? No, or but then too? like all no, like the negative. Really. Yeah, but then like the negative of a negative um, traits females can have like gossiping, bitching, yeah. all that kind of stuff. Like yeah. those. It, it, I mean, toxic in both exists, but no. To, sure. to, to stick with what you're saying, Foons, I, I agree. We have seen the effects of, a, of um, toxic masculinity. So, so come from being way like toxic masculinity when I was younger, just due to the environment that I was raised in, I didn't feel comfortable expressing the feminine side of me. Yep. To having a, a whirlwind in my early 20s and then figuring out like by myself that I need to express the feminine version of myself to be truly happy. Like I don't think you can be whatever version of masculine feminine you are, unless you're the authentic version of yourself, I don't mm. think you can truly be happy. Oh, hopefully you're agree, comfortable Vince. with me sharing this, but I'm gonna share and <laughs> we could always edit it out in post-production. We're gonna do it anyway. <laughs> but we could always, there's always post-production, right? But one, I remember something that you done for me about a year ago when we done our first, when we first really got close as mates, we done our first um, marathon prep together. It was 2021. And I still remember that at the end of the prep, I think we had our last training run. And we're just about to go into the marathon. I've got no idea where this is going, but anyway. <laughs> you, wrote, you wrote me a letter. And the letter was so kind, so caring. It was so thoughtful. And there was so much feminine energy within the letter of the way that, like, you know, he spoke so kindly of, of me and my character. He spoke so much about our friendship and the nurturing nature that flows between the both of us. And fuck, I was tearing up reading. I was like, fuck, I don't think I can read this in front of you. Mm. And, but it was such a beautiful letter. And you've done similar for me too, Joey, in, in recent times, as we all sort of got into this buzz of sharing some gratitude letters with each other. And it's so interesting for me because to sit and talk to you, Foons, about the character that I've not really known, that, that former version of you, and to see and, and hear you explain that those toxic masculine traits that you had and the way that you lived your life. For me, it's almost like you're talking about a different person. Mm-hmm. Because almost I can't feels see that like, who you are now. Yeah, well, I think this is like the true authentic version of who I was. I think I was so insecure of who I was that I lent so far to my toxic masculinity to try to cover up my ins- mm-hmm. what I was insecure about. Mm-hmm. And I think that. And then, unfortunately, ego-driven young boy. The only way I learnt was the hard way. So, like, people could tell me 
like don't do this don't do that but the only way i learned was the highway so i had to literally hit rock bottom to rebound like i was on a i was on a path destined for rock bottom no one could tell me nothing like mm. i was heading there and that's so inspiring though for so many people who can resonate with that because like to hear you say there which you know we joke about yeah, but like it's if so i was cool. listening to someone older than me when i was younger talk about this kind of stuff i wouldn't have listened Mm. Yeah, I would have still been going on the path that I was going, but then when I hit rock bottom, I would have been like, "That motherfucker was right." <laughs> <laughs> but, that, but that's apparent hearing it from someone your own age who's yeah. like lived in a similar time. You know, we spoke about tradition being a big part of mm. you know the idea around masculinity and, and the feminine. But to hear you say before about like you know, assault charges at twenty three and then at thirty you're sitting in your second season lessons <laughs> yeah. in Bruno Mars. That's quite the contrast. Like, that's, but that's not just I love that, dude. that's and not just, just theory was, either. Was, that's action. You're living yeah, it. Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah. Like more nervous to go to singing lessons or more nervous to go to therapy than do something very toxic masculine. Like that yeah. come a lot more well not natural to me, but in my early twenties that's what I I practiced a lot of was familiar, but like going yeah. to therapy, singing lessons, having these conversations with mates when it's not four AM after you've consumed yeah copious amounts of everything yeah. that's yeah there was a good point you made over coffee the other day having these type of chats traditionally with with young blokes comes on the back of a bender yeah like, kick-ons when yeah, you're, like you're these, lubricated your um just your inhibitions like, have, have dropped take, so you then take down like the vulnerability facade like when everyone's yeah. fucked up in that state it's all it's all right to talk about that yeah but like it's almost like when you're sober it's very taboo no one wants to talk about it yeah because our and you're almost shamed for talking about it but when I don't know. Well, when you get intoxicated, probably the, the real version of you comes out, so it's not so foreign to express the real version of you. Yeah, because those those like fucked up beliefs that we have around, oh, as men can't do this or whatever, they're dropped when no, you're like, when you're under when the you're influence. At four a.m., there's ten blokes all in their undies dancing. A <laughs> 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 few tears, yeah. a few a few chats, yeah. and like someone plays Eagle Rock, you're all naked. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's um. Not to it's sound funny. righteous here, obviously I can't drink for health reasons, but because I've never experienced that, like, and I've never really been involved in that either because I've always sort of stepped back from that, you know, when oh, the got, got to that you've got to put, point. Your, put your health first, 100%, that's not worth for dying sure. for. Oh, <laughs> I'll tell <for> you sure. that. <laughs> and for me, I've never been involved in those circles or in that space where vulnerability has been a don't get me wrong I've been out and some bloke's coming up to you telling you, telling you he loves you because mm. he's had about 25 schooners but I've never been actively involved in a friendship group whilst in that space but I do remember one friend saying to me one time that the thing he loved about a bender was that it encouraged everyone in the room to be vulnerable and connect and I was like in my head because I've not been there in that I was kind of thinking, all right, isn't that, isn't that such a negative though that it has to like, that those vices have to be used to open you up. Yeah. But then I've never experienced it. And I've also been so blessed to have friends like yourselves, a family like my own, where I felt comfortable in vulnerability. Yeah. So, you know, that comes from a, a really privileged position. Well, it's just like, you know, there's um, many different ways to get to one destination. Mm. Um, and some of them are, are healthier than others. So if you need to get on drugs and drink alcohol to be able to express um, yourself and be vulnerable and show you know, f some femininity, yeah, you'll get there, but it's probably not the best way. The same way that you know, most of us aren't comfortable just dancing in the middle of a room um, and expressing ourselves when sober, but after a few drinks, we'll dance in the middle of a room by hold ourselves. My, hold my beer. Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful expression, dancing, but 
the ways to get there um, vary. Sure. And uh, I think that's what the, the work is and the journey is, is figuring out ways to get to a certain destination, which a lot of us are trying to get to, which is, you know, happiness, peace, contentment. Yep. A lot of people use different vices and different avenues to get there. Some of them lead us astray. Other ones lead us, like you said, tie straight to rock bottom. Um, and others get us there healthily. Maybe take a little bit more time, but just figuring think, out what those, what those pathways are, I think. You know, I'm no therapist and I'm no expert, but... Nor am I. I, I know the... <laughs> but sorry. I'll have a few words. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I most certainly will. I know that just from speaking to people, the shame for a lot of people that comes with excessive use of alcohol or excessive use of drugs and the shame after the fact that they feel the next day is they residue. have to sit and think about you know, the night that was. It makes me worry that if that's the only time they're being vulnerable, that then they associate vulnerability with a sense of shame. Yeah, you, do, yeah. you almost get addicted to the deep conversation to have it kick-ons just as much as taking all the substances to get yeah. there. But do, mm. you, do you think there's a sense of you know, post-vulnerability shame as they sit and wallow in the fact that why did I open up like that? Why did I say that? He's going to think this again. of me. Oh, you're going to uh, oh, sound weird. Right, I shouldn't no, have said that. I get yeah. it. I think it's, so. It's, it's just a thought that came to my head then, which I don't have the answer to, but it's just why I'd encourage everyone who's taken the time to listen this far or watch this far into the episode that, like, just encourage and, and you know, have, you know, summon that, that courage within you, maybe to be the first friend to... You know, you don't have to wear your most vulnerable um, moment on your sleeve straight away. Just you know, you can step into the process slowly but surely, mm. and and make comfortable steps in. But if you're that one friend who has the courage to open up to the group you're well, with, I think it's within, like a, a masculine trait to lead from the front. For sure, and and if you can do that, and open up to the group, open up the group to this new realm of conversation. Like leading with vulnerabilities is strength. Mm. Definitely, and. For me, it says that, like, if you can do that, and then if you're cut down by the people in your group, you're in the There's wrong There's your group. answer. There's your answer, dude. You're wrong, in the group. wrong group. And the alternative to getting cut down by the group is giving permission for other people to open up. And guess for what sure. you got now? You got an open, vulnerable group, and people, people you know, celebrating each other. Celebrating each other, and, and things look better in that for group sure. for sure. Yeah, well, my auntie sent me, well, I had like a 20 minute conversation with her on the phone. I didn't write anything down, but basically just summarize it kind of what Joey's mum was kind of leaning towards. She used the reference of the movie Dirty Dancing, and she's like, it's like a dance between the masculine and the feminine. Like, at some point, you've got to be more masculine, and sometimes you've got to be more feminine. It's not like a one mm-hmm. size fit, fits all. It's um, what you call it, like a dynamic flow of energy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that. It's a, yeah, it's a dance. Yeah. It's a dance. So, that was like basically a half hour conversation summarizing to that. Like, I don't think there is like a one definition, it's probably like the fluidity of being comfortable doing both or whatever's mm-hmm. authentic to you. Yeah. Well, you know, whether it's dirty dancing, you see it everywhere, the polarity of it, you know, mm. like to use dancing as a reference, you know, salsa, there's a masculine lead in salsa and then the feminine um, supporting. And then at times the feminine is the leader and the masculine's chasing. So it is, it's that like, dance. yeah, that dance. I like that fluidity, dance, words mm. like this, which are very, um, they're not, um, you know, so concrete. Rigid. They're not so yeah. rigid and concrete, mm. you know, they're, they're, um, expansive and, and yeah, moving okay. I like that share a story of my first experience with feminine energy <laughs> so, <Yeah>. please do <laughs> so basically grew up in a household where there wasn't much of it so when I got into my first relationship obviously I'm basically 10 out of 10 toxic masculinity so eventually we're going to butt heads and I remember my girlfriend at the time come home I think it was maybe 19 she'd come home from work and be like oh so and so said this to me at work 
And I was like, fuck that motherfucker. I was like, <laughs> tell me where they live. I'll pull it to their house and I guarantee you they won't run their mouth ever again. And she's like, you don't get it. And then from my point of view, I was like, I'm doing the most. What more can I possibly do to yeah, care yeah. for you? I'm doing so much going above and beyond. And now after, well, after we broke up, I read the book, um, Way of the Superior Man. Mm. And he's basically like, in a relationship, don't solve women's problems. Like, just give them empathy, caring, kind, sit there, let them... Like, just basically be, just show them that you care. Mm. Whereas for me, I was like, no, like, fuck this motherfucker. He I'll problem solve yeah, right I'll now. I'll solve this problem. Yeah. And then she was like, you don't get it. And I was like, what more can I do? Yeah, I'm yeah. doing everything. Yeah. But like, just had, I was, feminine energy was so foreign to me, I didn't know how to deal with it. So mm. I tried to deal with it the same way as I would with masculinity. I had and a, that, that doesn't sorry. work at all. <laughs> yeah. I had a similar conversation with someone. Um, I was on a retreat and he, one of the facilitators of the retreat, he was, um, ex-military and he spoke about you know if you're in the military it's very action-oriented mission-based purpose-driven um so he would bring that type of energy into his relationship his partner was a, a school teacher so you know the problems that you'll have on the battlefield are very different to the problems you have <laughs> in the kindergarten classroom but they're still real problems so the, in the playground <laughs> yeah so you know his his partner would come home and say oh my god this teacher did this and in the staff room they said this and whatever and his um default mode was all right well obviously you need to go write this email and then you need to go to her and say this tomorrow and then you need to approach it this way ration logic solve, masculine done, put a bow solve, on, boom. action oriented <laughs> action oriented and you know long long and behold the next day she comes and has a um another issue another problem which he tries to solve rationally until they got to a point where the problem wasn't getting solved quote unquote um yeah, button heads. and he he sat down and thought like same to what you were saying ty I'm giving you all the answers. Like, this is so simple. Until he got to the realisation of asking her, when you come to me with these problems, is this a me-solve conversation or is it a me-listen conversation? And nine out of ten times, she said, it's a you-listen. So every time you sit there try to solve, you're not actually holding space for yeah, it. It's almost as a man, you feel useless. Yeah. Like, I feel like I'm not doing anything. Like, I'm just sitting here wasting space. Yeah. Like. But again, that's, you know, um, touching your feminine and, and nurturing the person you have in conversation with just by listening. And she said, you know, this is a you listen conversation. So now they actually have the code word of saying, you know, I've got, I want to talk to you about my day. It's like, all right, no worries. This is a you listen conversation. He's like, all right, cool. Problem solving is <laughs> yeah. off the table. I'll sit here and listen. <laughs> so you know, I, think that's I thought that a, was like genius. That, it is. And that's such a great story because I definitely see that desire to solve problems no it's like you, you care and you want to help them so the only sure. way you help them is to try to solve the problem but it feels like taking a back seat doesn't feel like you're doing anything but yeah. apparently you're doing the most when you do that yeah well i think mm -hmm. yep mm -hmm. I think okay it says that the power of, like the power practice of that one in the mirror a few times yeah. asking the question yeah is the thing and i think that's in our relationships whether they be with our partners our friends our family when those instincts kick in, it's probably not a bad reminder and it's something I'll use after hearing that yeah. story. That's just a, a great example. I constantly have to remind yeah. myself. For sure. Like, yeah. you know, I've got to remember to ask the question first. Like, mm. what, yeah. what can I do to help you here? Mm. I reckon almost like being able to understand feminine energy is a strong masculine trait. Mm. Yeah. Well, it's funny, right? So to give you an example, so for everyone tuning in, I'm sure you've by now figured out the sofa's my partner. She had her first yeah. <laughs> She had her first half marathon this morning. So I'm super proud of her. Congratulations. Yay. So shout, shout out, out Soph. 
And I know that I remember this one particular day out at Ostomy, and the poor girl, I had her running these hefty hills. <laughs> she was on sore legs after a big week, and we're doing this 10K run, and you know, we're moving up this pretty steep hill, and I turned and she was hurting inside. It was really killing her. Mm. And you know, I'm starting, I'm shouting these words of affirmation that are like, hey, you can do this. I know you just gotta push up this hill, and once you're over this hill, you gotta do this, this, this. Channel your goggles. Yeah. And at the end of it, I was like, hey, was that helpful? And she's like, I just wanted to flog you. <laughs> when you were just like shouting all this positive, she's like, shut that's the, the last thing I did. I just wanted you to shut the fuck up, hear me out, and then just, we were going to get through it. Yeah, yeah. Like, the, you can punch me if you can catch me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that, that part of me that like wants to protect and like yeah. wants to lead, wants to get in that zone where then I actually found myself and I'm you know, now hearing that it made me think of it, Joey on the run this morning, you know, with two Ks to go, I was about to shout some positivity at her. Yeah, yeah. And then I stopped myself and I said, hey, what do you need from me now? She goes, just what you're doing. A few butt taps. Ah, oh, I love it. Yeah, and I was just like, oh, like I'm, I'm proud of myself there for not just going into that space of, mm. because you know yourself when you're in that place of hurt, and you know, I relate it back to running because it's something I do a lot. When you're in that place of hurt, and someone's saying yeah, to you, you want the boys oh, in your ear. Just take one more step. Yeah, yeah. You're thinking, shut the fuck up i know that please just let me be in my space see i don't know i reckon i'm i'm the type that's like like let's go get yeah, in like my ear slap me on the back <laughs> like in, come on dig deep dig deep and then i'm like going to another level it depends what stage i'm in Dep there's yeah, times yeah. when that works well for me yeah there's other times yeah. where i'm like i just need to feel sorry for myself for five seconds and then man, like no, if I'm, get masculined up and move forward. Get masculine up. Right, if I'm in the hurt locker, <laughs> I want someone playing like Eye of the Tiger screaming in my ear. Yeah. <laughs> I'm playing but ACDC yeah, or something. Different strokes for different blokes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, in the spirit of quotes as well and, and you know, movie references, there's it was so funny because, you know, I've never I don't really listen to this type of music, but as I was, you know, started to think about what masculinity means to me, I randomly had recommended on spotify the song man's world it's a man's world oh yeah um hold on sorry i don't catch that sing a bit more <laughs> <coughs> ty if you can leave me yeah. <laughs> um so this to me was like just spot on so the song man's world is this by man i don't know this song i think it's by man it is by man yeah um we'll, we'll leave the song reference in the show notes but basically one of the key lyrics is this is a man's world this is a man's world but it wouldn't be nothing nothing without a woman or a girl 100 and i was like yeah. boom and That's not to say I'm this is a man's world as in like the world is owned by men but you know the way like you look at it feels like this is a man's family. world like but it would be nothing without a woman or a girl i loved it i was just like That's i agree you know, like yeah. hypothetical situation if all the women went on the planet right today they all left what do you reckon the state of the world would be in? Oh, we've got about two days until this shit, <laughs> yeah, like, this shit is done. Goes straight to war. Yeah. <laughs> what are we doing? Yeah, before we're all yeah. fighting each other. Purge. To the <laughs> well, the, the point you made around um, uh, childcare foods, do you want to share that? I thought uh, that was, that was no, a great point. I can't remember how it came up, but I was like, if I had a, had a kid and the option was to go to childcare, say A or B, and A was run by all female workers or um, daycare B had all male workers, 
Like, there's no way you're taking your new, like, two-year-old kid to a daycare full of male workers. <laughs> no way. <laughs> you do the math. Where are you going to no, send like, your I kid? I think the conversation is based around, like, masculine and feminine. I believe there's some jobs that men can do better than women and vice versa. Women can do better than men. Yep. And I reckon raising kids, women can do way better than men. Not that yep. men can't raise kids. No. But I reckon women in their natural energy or frequency are better at, better at it than that. As opposed to say being a policeman, like men would be naturally better at that. Not that women can't be policemen, mm. but I think men in their natural energy are more leading to that better or yeah. fit that role better. But like, shout out to all the women in the front line. Like, yeah, 100%. Can I ask though? So do you think that that comes from a place of traditionalism because of the way that we looked at masculine and feminine before? Like, do you think in mm. in five to ten years' time? And I know that. Most women probably, if you looked at statistics, most women probably skew more feminine than masculine, and most men probably skew more masculine than feminine. But if we as a society start to have more conversations like this, start to understand that sliding scale and the way that you need to adjust as opposed to cement yourself in one energy or the other, do you think that that narrative could potentially change in five to ten years? I think it's rooted in us. I don't think it's that dynamic that... I think as society evolves, men and women are going to get more comfortable moving on the scales wherever they think fit. Yeah. But at one end, you've got feminine, which is generally females, and one end, you've got masculine, which is men. I think it's kind of naturally what you're born with, and then you just vary. That's kind of your, your anchor point from there. Yeah, I think... I guess, um, but no, no, we'll go back to my hypothetical situation. If the reverse happened and there was no males on the planet and it was just females, like I think that would be a, a very different contrast if there was just men here. And, and like I think that, men would go to war and then women would probably gossip themselves to death. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But I think it's just the acknowledgement that we need each other, you know? Yeah. Men need yeah, women, like women need song. men. Masculine needs feminine, feminine yeah. needs masculine. And whilst it's just that yin yang. the hybrid nature, as we move towards, you know, uh, you know, a modern man or a modern woman, and we're seeing more women in traditionally masculine roles and more men in traditionally female roles, um, and that crossover is existing more, at the end of the day, I don't think it'll, it's, it'll be a 50-50 split along every industry. So you've got 50% women engineers, 50% men engineers, because generally um, and biologically, if there are differences between men and women, they're going to lean towards certain roles. Mm-hmm. And that's where you'll find yourself with the analogy of, well, you might have more women generally across the board in a role that is rooted in nurturing and caring yeah, for children, it. and then more men that are out here being carpenters. Well, Not that, that women can't, but the, there's going to be... I don't think it's going to be 50-50. Well, for sure. There's going to be a preference or an interest, at least, towards one industry or the other. If you look at nursing, of course there's going to be more female yeah. nurses because... Empathetic, caring, kind, nurturing... Comes more naturally, but there's also not that many men who are studying nursing compared to women. There's so, yeah, there's that, so much like, like there's so societal influence that changes it, for sure. And that's my worry with society we're in now. We're trying, we're trying so hard, we're almost like overcompensating as opposed to just naturally letting people flow into what they want to do. Mm. No, as long as opportunities are there for people of both genders that's in the any key. role, that's the key. Yeah, as long as there's no gatekeepers and, you know... Listen the men and women can both get a good look in. Yeah, I remember sure. listening to a, a piece by Jordan Peterson. He said in Scandinavia, I think, <clears throat> where they push equality the most is where you have the most separation between 
like men doing men jobs and women doing women jobs. Okay. Like when you take all the barriers down and men can do whatever jobs they want and women can do whatever jobs they want. You said that's where you have the most polarity or skew. Yeah. Okay. Like women will tend to do traditional female jobs, nurse, daycare, those kind of things, whereas men will be bricklayers, miners, those kind of jobs. Yeah. yeah okay. And, yeah. I think and that's like when you take all the restrictions away and you let them do whatever they want, the tendencies to go. Try to leave it as like untouched as yeah. possible and then see where the chips fall. It tends to fall like that, yeah, does it? You get, you get, it skews more that way when you have no restrictions. Yeah, okay. It's interesting. Well, it's probably a really good study for a lot of countries. Like I said, I think the key is opportunity for both genders. Mm. With Like you said, Joey, without the gatekeeping. And then, as you said, Ferns, in a country where they have probably a, um, the best equality and the best equal opportunity for people, it tends to fall that way. Yeah, so you I get, guess like, get the nurse, like just say as an example, I'm going to paraphrase, I don't know if it's like exactly like this, but say something like daycare or nursing with, we'll have 90% women there and 10% males mm. with no, like, no restrictions and then you've got bricklaying at the other end, which is probably going to be 100% males mm. or For 95 sure. to 5. For mm. sure. No, yeah. I, lo- I love it. I think such a... Did you mean? Such a powerful conversation, boys, and I hope that I hope that people can really sense that the whole tone of today is about collaboration being, you know, the, the goal here and it not being about competition. It's mm. and collaboration over competition always, as the three of us have said, and I love these definitions. And before we sort of sign off, boys, any final comments or any thoughts? Um, just one last thing. Before we even spoke about this podcast and before this, this was even a conversation we're going to have, um, I don't know if you remember, but I put it on my Instagram just as a poll um, or just no, like no. A, a question. I said, um, if you had to define masculinity in one word, what would it be? And so I'd like to share a couple of the answers. This was months ago. Yeah, I remember this. Um, remember well, after minutes. chatting for an hour and a half, I still don't know what I'd put as my number one <laughs> word. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'd say action. UFC. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it was interesting because um, I think more... And I didn't get like heap... The, the, the pool of responses wasn't so expansive that I have this crazy data pool to pull from. But um, I think more women responded than men. But um, in one word, it's tough as well. That's the challenge. One word in masculinity, it's hard. But I had masculinity... In one word is misunderstood. I had masculinity in one word is stability. Masculinity in one word is security. Masculinity in one word is gross. Masculinity in one word is balanced. Masculinity in one word is whole. Um, masculinity in one word is um, composure. Protector. I think that's among Whoever the... said gross, I hope that their future experiences with male energy is good. Yeah, and, and so you know, you can see, you can see how that could be um, the response when you hear masculinity. If you had terrible experiences with men, as you associated masculinity with men, being like, well, if that's what masculinity is, it's gross. So, um, yeah, I think um, hopefully that, that changes. For sure, and like let's as males, females, however you identify, let's let's like let's be better for each other, and celebrate the things that make each of us great. Yeah. Like and, and open the floor for people to feel comfortable in whichever way they skew, whichever energy they lean more towards, and and I think when we 
open up the floor and we allow the space to feel safe, people will flow and find balance naturally. Because yep. they're not so fearful of being outcast or feeling ashamed. And I think a lot of what we experience when it comes to the toxic ends of the scale, or as you said, Joey, those undeveloped ends of the scale, is out of fear and shame. Mm-hmm. And for me, insecurity, as you mentioned. Yeah, definitely. Foods. So, yeah, I think, you know, such an enjoyable conversation again, boys. And so excited, you know, these conversations have been celebrated just in the first episode by so mm. many people that reached out with beautiful words. Um, one of the clips got over half a million views on TikTok and just, and people... Clickbait. Yeah. <laughs> clickbait. Well, three, three and a half minutes worth of clickbait, so they don't want to stick around, mm. but... You know, I love that. I love that people are enjoying three mates being super vulnerable and, you know, and hopefully expressing our, our emotion, our feeling towards important topics with with mm. everyone who cares to tune in. Yeah, I just want to sign off by saying, if you're anything like me, in your early twenties, young, out of control, um, very ego driven, and if you don't have any mates that you can go and talk to this stuff about, like, please go speak to a, a therapist or go get a mental health care plan you can literally go see a psychologist 10 times in a year for free yeah just have these open just have a a safe space where you can have vulnerable conversations if you don't have anyone in your life that you can go to with that then go see a professional like someone with an unbiased opinion that's generally got your best interest at heart yeah well said well said great point i love it thanks so much boys for being here again um this isn't definitely the last you'll be seeing us i think as i just mentioned before the way that not only we responded as the people involved in the conversation but the way that you all responded we're so excited to keep doing this and doing it even more regularly than we first planned so um, if you enjoyed today's show share it around with your friends and family um, hopefully there's so many gems in there that people feel um, called to listen to to continue to go back to and to then challenge themselves and try to answer this question for yourself so um, it's been a blessing to I was going to say Andrew Tate's name was only mentioned once in an hour and a half of speaking about masculinity. Yeah. <laughs> Which is probably probably a good sign that he's, um, he's, he doesn't need to be referred to as often when it comes to this topic. Mm. It's, it's way more... Masculinity is way more than Andrew Tate um, and, it's, and it's a lot deeper than, I guess, we all thought. So sure. I love that what you said there. Challenge yourself to, you know, discover your own definition of it and talk to people about what it is to them and how it expresses healthily and go out into the world and be that. And and I can speak for the three of us when I say that as as men, we love the women in our life, we cherish them and we speak so highly of them. And for the guys out there, do the same for the women out there, do the same for the men in your life and celebrate the women in your life, the men in your life, just the people in your life. Let's get behind each other. We're better together in collaboration. Yeah, I just want to say if anyone's listened this far, it's my turn for the next topic, but if you have a topic that you want us to talk about, DM it to Brad and we can... Um, oh, what a cop up. out. <laughs> no, we'll give the people what they want. Give the people what they want. So, we love I want to hear what you want, Booney. Yeah. I want to hear what you want. No, no, it'll just have to come natural. I'm excited. No. I'm, I'm tuning in next episode. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'll sign it off with these are the final last words. We'll catch it in the next one. <laughs> love it. it. <laughs> I love it. Now we're all going to watch the UFC. <laughs>